Oh, he tickles me sometimes. <laughs> well, I'd like to invite you to go ahead and turn your Bibles once again to the text we had this morning, Matthew in chapter 28. for just a moment. They saw exactly what Thomas saw. <clears throat> As a matter of fact, the Bible states that the women were the closest to Jesus Christ while he was hanging on the cross. There were several of them gathered right around the cross itself. And they saw the heartache. They saw the pain that was inflicted upon this man. 
yet they were filled with fear knowing that no doubt that's the Almighty. Amen. That is the most powerful being that the world could ever imagine. So yes, they might have been filled with fear, but also notice here that the Bible says they were also filled with joy. They saw the Redeemer. Amen. They saw the peacemaker. They saw the one who was going to change their lives forever. The Bible goes on to say again, and they departed quickly from the sepulcher in verse 8, with fear and great joy, and did run to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, All hell. And they came and held him by the feet, and they worshipped him. Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go and tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. Our most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, today as we bow before your throne, we do so with, oh, with a very thankful heart, a happy heart, Lord. Happy that you've revealed yourself unto us as well as these that were gathered here around thy sepulcher in the place of thy bearing. Lord, we're coming tonight with, with grateful hearts. We've been blessed beyond measure. We have had the joys of salvation placed upon our shoulders. We've had the joy of knowing the book, Lord, thy holy word, in print, and it has given us a great deal of satisfaction. And Father, tonight as we do gather as thy children, much like the children of yesteryear, as they gathered in the upper room, filled with fear, filled with anguish, and even in this life in which we live today, there's much to fear out here in the world. There are the enemies of the cross of Jesus Christ, there are the enemies of the word of Jesus Christ, and there are the enemy of his children all around us. And yet, O oh God, with joy we serve you today. Lord, I pray that you will bless your children in this house tonight. I pray, Father, that thy power may rest in this house. Power that may change the lives of the lost around us. But also, dear God, I pray that you would bless thy children. Help us to rejoice this evening. Make this a happy day for us. Forgive us our sin in Christ's name, and amen. My title tonight is simply that, the happy day. And I tell you, today, if we, we go back and we, we reflect upon the words of the, of the Savior and the people that were so close to him in that day, you can only imagine that as they were finally revealed the truth, that the joy just completely overwhelmed them in that hour. Imagine to our visiting friends what emotions must have been going through the minds of the followers of Christ this day. But I will say that as their understanding was opened, there was joy in the morning. In Matthew chapter 28, verses 5 
Now in verse 9, we see this, and, and as we read it this morning, the Bible says, And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that thou seek Jesus which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come and see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee, and there you shall see him. Lo, I have told you. So the first thing I want us to think of today is as we see this, this, this resurrected Savior, we see a group of people, the, the knowing, yet not knowing. These were the individuals that Jesus Christ had told them before that this would come to pass. As a matter of fact, he stated just before his arrest that this night you shall be offended of me or by me. The, the actions that will be taken against me is going to offend you. You're going to be hurt tonight. And he had already told them all these things. And they had the scriptures of the Old Testament. Isaiah was one of those, Isaiah 53. And in Isaiah 53 it tells a, a very, a very straight to the point happening of Matthew 27. They were told all these things and yet they did not click in their minds, did it not? Many times as we come into the house of God today, listen, you are told many things, but it just doesn't click, does it? There are those that are, that are sitting under the hearing of the word of God today that know the word, but yet they don't know the word. What an awful place to be. Mark chapter 16, we'll go over here and notice what it says here now. All these have to deal with the resurrected Savior. In Mark chapter 16, <clears throat> the Bible states here, as, as we look at these uh, uh, first 13 verses of Scripture, I want you to think about this. The first, the first six verses of Scripture deal with exactly what Matthew 28 was dealing with, the, the resurrected Savior. And then as you, as you drop into 7 and 8, you see... Uh, you see uh, uh, these that were told to go and tell the others. And then verses 9 through 11, you see again, you see the request that was made known here. The Bible states in verse, uh, verses 12 and 13, And after that he appeared in another form unto two of them, as they walked and went into the country, and they went and told it unto the residue, neither believed they them. You know, as I stop and I consider the words of, of the Lord here today, as we hear the word of God and, and, and you hear the glorious gospel message time and time again, you hear the way of hope, the way of life, and you see it with your own eyes, and, and, and as the Bible says in Romans 10 and 8, that, that the word is nigh thee, even in thy ear and in thy heart. Listen, the word today is nigh the sinner. It is here today. You hear you know, and yet you don't know. This is much in the way the unbeliever's behavior is the very night that we're here. We hear the truth. The truth is even before your very eyes. You witness the truth. You can verify the truth in others, and yet you refuse it when it comes to you. 
I was talking as I wrote this down in the first person and I had to, had to change it a little bit because I want you to realize that even in this house tonight there are those that are saved by the grace of God. They have seen the Savior. They have seen the Master with their own eyes. They know it and they live it and, and there is a witness to you today as the light that sheds, uh, that sheds a, a great deal of illumination to the dark world around. You see it, but you don't believe it. Folks, I want you to know today, if you're in this house and you don't know the Lord as your Savior, listen, you're seeing the evidences of salvation in this house as we come to worship. You feel the evidences of salvation in a house full of people this morning who were here to worship in spirit and truth and the Spirit of God was in this place and there was much joy in this place and the faces of people were united with joy. Why? Because they believed what they saw and they have seen a change in their lives. Today, today marks a great event I believe in the calendar of the Christian. It's the day that God said, I'm happy with the, 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 the sacrificial death of my son. He said he was happy by the tearing of the temple veil from top to bottom. He said he was satisfied when he saw his son, as Isaiah 53 says, as he hung there on the cross, and he, as he hung there in turmoil, and as he hung there in suffering, and the Bible said that the veil of his soul he was satisfied with. He saw that Jesus gave his all for you and for me. My friend, I don't know about you, but that makes me joyful. To know that the Savior in heaven was satisfied. The God of heaven was satisfied. Now secondly, I want you to think about this. We see the unknowing come to knowing. Now, this has to deal with what is termed as doubting Thomas. But again, I, I say, place yourself in his shoes. What would you have done? What would have been your thoughts after watching your Savior hang on the cross of Calvary, after watching your Savior, the, 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 the one who said, I promise you all these things, the one who said, I'll give my life, what would you have thought as they, as they beat him and as they blindfolded him, as they beat him across the face as a blindfolded prisoner and they pulled the beard from his face, as they whipped him across his back, and as a matter of fact, the Bible teaches in Isaiah that his, his image was so large you wouldn't even know him to be a man. What would you have thought? What would, you, what, would, what would have been your thoughts that morning or that evening as, as in the upper room on, the, on that first Lord's Day as, as the, the sun was beginning to set and as, as Jesus Christ appeared into the first eight and, and you know, I, I, can, I can't imagine as, as he looked at those men there when he said, all hell, he was saying, I'm here and I'm, I'm your safety. He said to them that were gathered there, and, and you know, and that's one of the problems of Thomas. You know, Thomas wasn't where he should have been to begin with. He wasn't in the he wasn't in the place where the rest of the men were, where the rest of the worshippers were, uh, gathering around the throne of God, and and no doubt on their knees, and they were praying. They were praying for their own safety, but there's also praying that for some way there'd be a miracle to happen in that house that evening. And folks, I want you to know something: there was a miracle took place. Just like what happened in your heart. Listen, your heart was full of turmoil. 
your heart was full of, of, uh, of ideas that were not right with God. Listen, I want you to know something. That's the way sin is. And sin will give you all kinds of ideas and, and other ways to, to get to God. But listen, the Bible says there's only one way. And that's through Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Now these that were here, listen, we see the unknowing come to knowing. Can you just imagine as, as, as that day dawned, another week later when Thomas came in, he was with the, with the others. Eight days later, he came, he came to be with them. And, and the Bible has already stated that. Listen, he said, I'm not going to believe unless I, can, unless I can feel it with my own hand. What did Jesus do when he came into the midst of the, of the upper room? He said, Thomas, I want you to come here. Folks, I want you to know something. There's times in our own lives when we're filled with doubt, right? There's times in our lives when we are filled with all kinds of, of fear that, that overwhelms us from time to time. And we lose, that, we lose sight of what is so important to us. And that's the word faith. The others believe, and the Bible stated that there's going to be those that are going to believe who have never seen. He was talking about you and me. He was talking about the, the Gentile race that is gathered here tonight. Listen, I want you to know something. He said, blessed are they. Blessed are they who believe who have never seen. Folks, I want you to know something today that we have believed when we've done so by faith. It is as if we touched the very hand of the Almighty. It was as if we touched the very scars of the side where the spear ran through. I want you to know today that that is a feeling that I cannot get over. The time and the moment when Jesus Christ called me by name. Listen, he called Thomas and he told Thomas, he told him to come here and touch him. What he was telling us today is the very same, same thing. When we were saved by the grace of God, he called us by name and he said, come try me, make, make me to be your God. Folks, I want you to know something. Matthew chapter what is it, chapter 11 and verses uh, 30 down through uh, 28 and through 30. When he says, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Folks, I want you to know that's exactly what happens when salvation comes in. You have rest from your labors, amen. You have rest from your, from your soul that has been uh, uh, searching for something, for some kind of rest. You have that. This is exactly as it is in our salvation. We see it, we hear it. That there was a time when we would refuse it. Folks, I want you to know something. I, I pray over the lost every day. And, and there's, not a, there's not a Sunday morning that comes about before I haven't kneeled behind this altar, behind this prayer, uh, this pulpit. And I pray, God, save the lost in our midst today. Listen, I pray for a miracle every time I stand behind this pulpit. And I pray, God, saves every lost soul that's gathered in this house today. Folks, that's what I'm praying for. I'm praying for that. I'm praying for that miracle. Listen, upon salvation being revealed, listen, we became a recipient of grace. That's what it is. When we see the unknowing come to knowing, it's grace. It's grace that called us by name. It's grace that called me to believe. It was grace that caused me to trust. It was grace that said, I'm here, Lord, come to me. Folks, I want you to know something. That's what grace will do for you. 
the grace of God that passeth all understanding. I don't understand it. I can't comprehend all the ins and outs of the Bible, but I know this. I trust what God's Word says. And folks, that, that I'm saved by the grace of God is evident in His Word. I'm saved by the grace of God. When true salvation comes in, listen, it reveals itself in an unforgettable way, amen? That witness lives inside of you. Go to 1 John with me for just a moment. In 1 John, I want you to look at a couple of scriptures here in chapter 4 and in chapter 5. And I want you to think about this now. In 1 John chapter 4 and verse 13. The Bible says, Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us, because he hath given us of his spirit. Folks, I'll tell you, if you don't have the spirit of God in you, you're none of his. If there's never been a change that placed the spirit of God inside you, if that witness hasn't been there, listen, you need a, you need a, a, a drastic change in your, your spiritual welfare. In 1 John chapter 5, the Bible says, as you, as you begin at verse 5, the Bible says, Who is it that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, or not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God which he hath testified of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. And he that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he, he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. What is the record that God gave of his Son? Well, it's found right here, as a matter of fact. It says in verse 11, And this is the record that God hath given unto us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you, that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know. Now listen, I, I, I talk to people all the time. They look at me and say, Preacher, I will never know if we've made heaven until we get there. Listen, that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a wrong time to find out. I'll get to stuttering here in a minute. That's the wrong time to realize whether you're going to heaven or hell. Listen, when it's all said and done, there's nothing you can do. But think about it on this side of eternity. Think about it on this side is the day of grace. And the Bible says here that you may know that you have eternal life. Folks, I want to know that I'm saved by the grace of God. I want to have peace in my mind and in my heart that I'm truly saved by God's amazing grace. Don't you want to know that tonight? Listen, I would much rather know tonight than to go through this life not knowing whether I'm going to go to heaven or, or not. I've talked to you many times about a man, an older gentleman I used to love to talk to. But he had this idea. He said, now brother, he said, now we don't know until we get there. Listen, I know today that I'm going to get there because of what the scripture says. 
that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Now lastly, I want you to think about this. We see these who came to knowing do so with confidence. They do so with confidence. And that's where 1 John chapter 5 comes in here. In verses 13, 14, and 15. The Bible says, and this is the confidence. Listen, I want you to know, I want you to have confidence today. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 14, the Bible says that you can have confidence. You need to know that today. Confidence is assuring, amen? Confidence is reassuring. Now, the Bible states this. Now, get a hold of this as we get ready to come to a close. I want you to think about this. The Bible says that you may know that you have eternal life. How are you going to know? The witness is inside of you. If you're saved by the grace of God, if you've ever been saved by the grace of God, you're still saved by the grace of God because his spirit lives within you and nothing's going to kick his spirit out of that one who's possessed by the spirit of God. We go back to Romans chapter 8 and see that, don't we? Well, the Bible says that there's no power can remove you from the love that's in Christ Jesus our Lord. Folks, I want you to know something. Being saved by the grace of God and knowing it is everything. It's peace. It's joy. That's the reason why today, as I sat and I began to pour out my heart in my preaching, listen, I could see joy upon the faces of individuals. Listen, I want you to know something. That's reassuring. It's reassuring to sit in this house tonight and to see people of God who love the Lord, who know what I'm talking about because they've experienced it. Folks, I want you, I want you to experience that very same thing this evening. The great confidence that we're filled with an overwhelming joy. In 1 John 5, verses 13 and 14, the Bible gives us that promise that we can have the joy that passeth all understanding. This is the action of real faith. How does it come about? By hearing of the word of God. What does Romans 10, 17 say? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Folks, you want to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? You want to know him savingly tonight? The Bible tells us that for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. Folks, what is it? What's not of works? That gift of faith that's given unto you, salvation. How does it come about? I told you in Romans 10, 17, it comes about by the hearing of the word of God, the pure unadulterated gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ according to the scripture, says 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1 through 4. Now let me ask you something today. Aren't you glad? Listen, I don't know. Today, we don't see with our physical eyes the group of individuals that's gathered in this house that we cannot see. The Bible talks about the fact that there's angels unawares. Amen? Not only that, I believe that there's, there is the Holy Spirit of God in this place. Not only is he in our hearts, 
But in, in the Bible, the, the Word of God says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I will be in the midst. I believe today, without a shadow of a doubt, that there are two or three gathered in this house tonight for one purpose, and that's to worship God. He says, I'll be there. Amen. Listen, he's in this place. That's the beauty of being a member of the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church. I know he's here. Listen, I know that my Savior liveth. I know that my Redeemer is here tonight. He's here in spirit. As I said, it's untelling. As you look around, we look at this, this empty space in, our, in, in the upper, over our head area. It's untelling how many angels are listening in on this. You say, well, what in the world do they want to listen for? Because they inquire about the gospel of salvation. They don't know and understand what it all means. You see, Jesus didn't die for the angels. He died for you and me, and that's what they're inquisitive about. And I, I agree with them. What in the world for? You know, as I, sometimes I look at myself, I say, why in the world did the Lord die for me? I can't imagine it. I can't imagine my failure as a human being and still know that my God sent his son to die for me. Not only did he die for me, he was buried and rose again the third day and he made his witness known in my heart. Hey, hey folks, I want you to know something. There was a time I was a doubting Thomas, but not no more. I'm saved by the grace of God and I'm, I'm well aware of the fact that he's inside of me. Do you know that today? Do you have the peace that passeth all understanding? Do you know today that if you were to die that you would go to heaven? Listen, you can know that. You can know that right now, right where you're sitting, right this very instant you could say, I need that. How do you get it? You believe what the scriptures say. That Jesus Christ came and died on the cross to pay your sin debt. He was buried and rose again the third day that you might have life and have it more abundantly. He says, you believe that and thou shalt be saved. Listen, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll find that it's the best life you will ever have and know. Down here. We're going to know a real life up there one day. Oh, what joy. Oh, what joy. May the Lord bless you is our prayer. Let's all stand, please.